0: All right, we're back with another episode, uh, so I'll get to start off with a little bit of history. Um, so today in film and television history, uh, Gone with the Wind premiered in uh, 1939, and that's with Clark Gable and Vivian Leigh, the uh, pretty famous film that's way too long, but um, uh, well-known. Have you seen it?
1: I have not. I've never seen it.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, it's, it's good, but yeah, it's extremely long, so um uh also in film and television spice world the movie premiered in 1997. oh wow and, yeah and uh and just a little bit of birthday news from actresses and actors rachel Brosnahan um from manhattan and the marvelous miss Maisel. um her birthday is today so there's that And then music news, um, on this date, B.B. King was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by George W. Bush in 2006. Oh, wow.
1: Simpler times, man.
0: Simpler times. My bad. Scratch that Rachel Brosnahan uh, birthday thing. I got the wrong person.
1: Oops. (laughs) Okay, never mind.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Take back the happy birthdays. (laughs)
1: One likes film, the other TV. Together they chronicle life in a peak entertainment era. It's a streamable life. Well like we say, welcome to another episode of It's a Streamable Life" Podcast with Brandon and Lauren. Um how was your weekend? Uh pretty
0: good. Kind of kinda of busy. Did a lot of cleaning. Um just trying to clean out rooms and uh I don't know, I guess. It's kind of a thing that's been happening in quarantine. It's like the opposite of spring cleaning. It's just getting rid of stuff. So yeah, uh, that's what it's been most weekend doing.
1: Yeah, my weekend was pretty chill. Um, I went out for one thing over the weekend and then was just back home just kind of chilling. Didn't do much. It was weird. But yeah, that's sort of the way the weekends are going. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's jump right into this episode. First up are our headlines. Um, This past week, there was a lot of news and we won't be able to get to it all, but we'll try to get to most of it. First up, um, FX's It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia was remarkably renewed for a record-breaking four more seasons. So um, I'm not sure how many seasons that is, but it's going to turn out to be the longest-running live-action comedy in TV history.
0: Yeah, it's... I I watched this show. It's it's hilarious, and I think they're on fourteen right now. So it's going to put them at eighteen. Wow! And, and what's crazy is that I think in season twelve, they said that fourteen would be it, but I guess they found some a second win to keep going. But evidently, yeah, uh, it's funny though. It they deserve the season. So
1: all right, and um, with that news of new releases. Disney had their Investors Day last Thursday, four-hour presentation speaking on all their upcoming films, TV shows, and content across all their four or five IPs, including Star Wars, Marvel, National Geographic, and Disney and Pixar. Um, So just from two of those IPs, we're expecting 20 new TV series altogether, both from the Star Wars franchise and the Marvel Studio franchise. So we're not gonna run through all of them. You can go to YouTube and see the trailers, Google all the news, but come January 15th, everything kicks off with WandaVision on Disney Plus. And from there, it's just rolling on and on. And this is all from their strategy to focus keenly on streaming. So. In addition to those shows, they're getting fifteen new projects, original projects, from animation to films on the service. Um, it's just it's just wild the amount of content they're planning to disperse mainly through that platform.
0: Yeah, yeah. And did did you how much of that did you watch?
1: I actually. I got, off, well, I got off work right as it started, oh, okay. um, and I kind of put it on mute on certain things, but they had began with, they started kind of early with the Star Wars stuff, then they went to like their own um, things, and then Marvel was latter in the show, of course, so that's what gets people really hype, but um, they're planning spinoffs of The Mandalorian, they're planning more Star Wars animated series, more live action series, um, it's bananas, how much they're yeah. they're really prepping up. And finally in some TV news, we received a teaser trailer for the fourth season of Search Party. Um this is the uh dark comedy um that now was on HBO Max, formerly on TBS. So um if you haven't watched that, if you have HBO Max, definitely binge it. Three seasons hilarious show. Um. yeah.
0: All right. <clears throat> All right. Um. So now for a little bit of movie news. Over the weekend, we got news that Chris Pine is going to star in a movie for Dungeons and Dragons based on the role-playing game. And uh, apparently there was one made, and I think in 2000, I did not know that. Yes,
1: I remember <laughs> it it was definitely middle school because we had done some fundraiser where you could if if we sold so much whatever, we got a chance to go see a movie and that was the movie Oh wow that I ended up seeing. I just remember it had Marlon Wayans in it and it wasn't it wasn't yeah. Very good.
0: Yeah, from what I see it had Marlon Wayne's, uh Jimmy Irons and Thora Birch. So some known people, but
1: yeah, it, it flopped
0: yeah but for this one i have chris pine that's a that's a huge name so i guess we'll see who else joins the cast so Mm -hmm. yeah i I have i know absolutely nothing about that game so
1: (laughs) all i know is you basically you just make it as you go like there's certain certain particulars but like you literally (laughs) just writing a story
0: yeah that's kind of what i've gathered is that and that's why the games last so long so i guess Mm -hmm. we'll see how that transfers to a movie um, another movie news, the Library of Congress has added new films to the National Film Registry. And uh among the new additions are Shrek, Greece, The Dark Knight, The Joy Luck Club, and um there were oh Lilies of the Field. Now I okay. think a lot of yeah, there were a lot of good additions. I think a lot of people kind of uh caught on to Shrek though. We're like, What? But I, and I can't remember what they said. It had to be something about the
1: animation and that the time that it came out. Yeah, I think um, like after to- following Toy Story, Shrek was like a big sort of pillar in animation, right? Right. Innovation right. then. It was a big deal.
0: Yeah. So you can find that list online. I think it's, I think it's a uh, twenty-five films in total that got added, and that I that happens every year. So it's it's pretty cool. So. All right. And then on more movie news and Broadway and Tony winning news and kind of sad news at the same time, um, we've had a death of Anne Ryan King, uh, the famous stage dancer who uh, worked close with Bob Fosse. And she was a Tony Award-winning choreographer. Uh, I think she worked for like almost 30 years on Broadway. So she had a very long career. Yeah, she died um, at the age of 71,
1: and, uh, passed away in her sleep. So yeah, I I I didn't know who she was until I saw her face and then it I right. immediately was any because that's where I know her. Right, right. But from yeah. Um yeah, and similar news, uh, we forgot to touch on this last week. I think it yeah. might happen afterwards, but we lost quite a few people yeah. um from the film community. Um first was Natalie Dassell Reed. Um uh, many remember her as Mickey from BAPS. Yeah, um, she was a hilarious actress, um, and I forgot—I don't know how I forgot this—but she was also in the Cinderella adaptation with Brandy and Whitney Houston as one yep. of the stepsisters. Yeah, I do remember so, that. Yeah, so very talented actress. We lost her to colon cancer, um, and then we lost Charlie Pride this over the weekend. Um, a, a trailblazer in right. country music, mm-hmm. as he was literally the only African American country star for decades until basically until Darius Rucker and that was just yeah in the latter 90s when he transferred to country so he was definitely a pioneer um he was 86 and then we lost Tiny Lister who many know from Friday uh he played Debo yeah so yeah and both of their deaths are being attributed somewhat to complication from covid-19 so
0: and what's interesting about Charlie Pride's death is that after he died, there were um, country artists that came out that were kind of making a claim that may Oh, it wasn't the CMAs. There, there was a country award show not too yeah. long ago that mm-hmm. maybe that's where he caught it, and maybe you know, they're possibly to blame because they didn't they were without mask. and so Yeah. Some
1: reason they had an in-person awards event and many yeah. were not wearing masks. So if if that's the case, that's very fucked up, given that yes. he's a he's like the lone black veteran of country music and Yeah. And he's nearly ninety years old. Yeah, they yeah. I hope that's not the case. But many people did speak up about that. Right. Um, so peace to all their families. Um twenty twenty's literally been been rough. The worst. <laughs> yeah. And then a little bit tidbit news, um, the Sundance Film Festival, which will be virtual this year for, you know, a fee, mm-hmm. um, release all the films slated for the festival this year, which will be January twenty eighth through February seventh, I believe. Mm-hmm. So um I viewed on there a uh, festival pass is three fifty. Yeah. So that's not too bad. And then they have different tiers for just, you know, the award winning films you can watch and whatnot. So if you're yeah, interested, I, they go on sale January seventh.
0: Yeah. I took a list of I took a I got I got the same email today that mm-hmm. um had the list of movies and all the packages and how you could watch it. So yeah, it yeah. looks like
1: it's worth the money. Yeah, definitely. And it's cheaper than a PS five, so there is that <laughs> <laughs> all right our next segment is our trailer things and we both got some trailers we've seen the yes. past week um i'll go first uh netflix has two projects coming out soon first outside the wire is sort of a war action film set in the future starring um oh i don't want to mess his name up one one stars um one star is Anthony Anthony Mackie from um, Captain America and then Damson Idris of Snowfall fame. Um, He plays a soldier who is paired with Mackie's character um, to fight in this war. And Mackie's actually this sort of ultra human droid mix. And he has to sort of keep that secret as they go out on this mission. But it looked pretty good. Like, I'm enjoying... um, seeing black actors in these sort of like futuristic yeah. films, especially Mackie. He must've set up some type of Netflix deal because he has several films within That's the true. past, past year. So that looks interesting. Uh, I think that comes out next month. Then we got the full trailer for Shonda Rhimes, first project at Netflix called Bridgerton. It's a um, sort of like a period piece set in London where uh eldest daughter of a rich family must be married off, and she doesn't like any of the suitors until she meets um, this mysterious du- Duke, and they plan to sort of fake a relationship to stave off suitors from both of them, and I think eventually they end up falling in love. That's basically what it's giving. Um, yeah, so okay. if you're into rom-coms, things like that, with, a, I guess, a Shonda Rhimes twist, there's that. And then finally, we received the trailer for Nate Parker's American Skin yesterday. Um, he's written, directed, and stars in this with production from Spike Lee. Parker plays a father who, um, after the police murdered his son unjustly and get off scot-free, he basically plans a mock trial for the officers involved um and it feels very um remember chris dorner that whole incident yeah the cop that like went on the run yeah it, yeah, it, thought, yeah yeah it's of course he's not a cop but that's what it's giving almost giving like john q but police brutality so like he sort of mm-hmm. takes over precinct Arrest the cops and put this officer on trial and the jury are like convicted felons. It it looks it looks interesting, but given Parker's past film history, I don't know if it's gonna be good. So we'll just yeah. have to see. I think that comes out in January.
0: Okay. All right. Um, let's see. So I have a couple here too. The first one, I saw this trailer last week and it's called Painting with John, and it's a limited series of thing on HBO. And uh, it follows a guy named John Lurie. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Who, he's been in movies throughout the years, kind of like the artsy movies. And um, in 1991, he had a show called Fishing with John, which was kind of the first version of these kind of, um, I don't know, it's, it's almost like carpool karaoke. He would take people out fishing, actors, whoever, who had no experience with fishing. Mm-hmm. and just kind of talk to him and teach him about fishing. And now this one's called um, Painting with John. It looks kind of kind of trippy, but kind of interesting as well. I'm not sure where it's going, but the trailer pulled me in. So that's on HBO. And I think that's January 22nd that that, that comes out. And then today I saw a trailer on Netflix called Crack, Cocaine Corruption and Conspiracy. And um, this highlights the crack epidemic in America and black communities throughout the 80s. And it um, pairs it with Reagan and just where the world was at the time. But I think what's interesting is that the um, one thing that they, they show the document hits on is how cocaine was glitzy and glamorous and chic for white people. And then when co- when crack came in, you know, it became this huge problem that needed to be put out and so it looks really interesting and probably extremely upsetting so um but yeah that's on netflix and i, I don't remember the date on that one
1: all righty yeah. so this will transition just to our streams of the week um i did not watch a lot this weekend i planned to and then some of you just didn't have the energy i don't know right but i did finally start fx's snowfall i finished episode one (laughs) after two years um and i think i'm pretty much hooked it just took me sitting down watching it um final minutes definitely definitely left me wanting more so hopefully i get that done before the i think third season premiere in the spring
0: yeah all right um i watched quite a few movies so these are in no particular order. But um, the first one I watched was called I'm Your Woman. And this was on Amazon, an uh, Amazon original movie. And um, this is why I was talking about Rachel Brosnahan. I just, I don't know why I put her name there as it was her birthday, but um, she was in this and she plays a woman whose husband is in a gang or some type of mafia. And he, uh, sorry for the spoilers, but he takes out the boss and goes on the lamb he just disappears after he's to preface it he brought home this random baby she has this baby now it's strange anyways so um what happens from there is that um you know they're after her they want to kill her but uh she gets picked up by like uh, one of her husband's like henchmen and they go on this kind of journey to get away and we find out more about her as she trying to gain her independence. And we find more about the man who the henchman that's helping her. And he is played by a Ar- Arense Keen. Does that name sound
1: familiar? Not necessarily, no.
0: Yeah, I, I have not seen him in anything either before this, but yeah, he's in this. Um, and it's interesting because he's black and obviously Rachel Brasinghan is white, and but this is set in the 70s. And it has that kind of seventies action film vibe it is really good it it took me by surprise and um and it is done by uh this is the one i i want to say this because I know you'd like the movie oh the director that did fast color Julia Hart oh yeah, she directed this so
1: i I saw a trailer and was very interested so
0: but yeah yeah you should you should check it out it's good gotcha. And then I watched a movie called First Cow and it's about two men kind of like in the older times back in the before America was really settled and they're just trying to survive. And they come up with this plan to make biscuits and like cookies and sweets for the outdoorsmen where they live out in the woods. And the thing is there's only one cow and so they take the cow's milk, they make it, they go, they sneak in every night, get more milk. And it becomes a problem because the man that owns the cow owns like the settlement where they live. And he's talking about how the cow isn't producing enough milk. And eventually they get caught. But it's just like this journey of friendship and, you know, fighting against the odds. And that's really good as well. Mm. And... um That was on, I just watched that on Comcast. I think it's HBO Max. And then I watched um, Scanners, like the 1980s film by... um,
1: Oh, okay, yeah.
0: Yeah, Cronenberg. I've never seen it before. And it was, man, it was wild. It was a wild ride. (laughs) I I won't even really get into the plot, but um, people have telekinetic powers and uh, it gets out of hand, but it was kind of cool. So yeah, that's all I watched this weekend
1: okay and we'll transition right into no concessions. so what movie yes. are you recommending <laughs> tonight all right this one um
0: this is this one was a tough watch this one is called never rarely sometimes always and this is a movie about a, a young woman i think she's actually supposed to be a teenager who gets pregnant and wants to abort the baby but where she lives she can't do it and um, if i'm not mistaken i think she's from she's from the east coast because she eventually catches a um, a bus with her younger cousin and they head to new york and it what this this movie just kind of follows her journey she goes to her little towns like clinic she finds out she's pregnant they're telling her she's 10 weeks they give her these options and it comes down to her wanting to you know, she tells them that she's thinking about aborting this baby, and then the woman shows her this really, like, super religious um, video of, like, how it's a sin and everything, and so then she and her cousin make this plan to hop, a, get on a, a bus and head out to New York City, and it kind of follows them uh, on this journey, and, it, but the, the title there's a scene in this movie where that title comes in place and she's in like the Planned Parenthood talking to the woman and they're asking her these questions and each question is like, you know, these are the answers you can give never, rarely, sometimes, always. And at one point, you know, they ask her, you know, uh, the father of this child, did they, uh, did he ever force you to have sex when you didn't want to? And, um, you know, the woman asks, "Never, rarely, sometimes, always," and she can't answer. And it's a really, really good movie, and I think everybody should see it. So, I think that's on HBO Max as well. And it's just an hour and a half. It's it's short. Oh, it, that's good. Yeah, it packs a punch.
1: So yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I've heard a lot of a lot about that. I'll definitely try to peep it out because I know it's it's picking up a lot of um, yeah steam as far as award season. So right. right.
0: And most of the actors and actresses are kind of somewhat unknown. There's a woman in it named Sharon Van Etten. She's actually like an indie singer. And I think that may be the only name
1: people really know. So, Okay. Cool, yep. cool. All right. Well, we'll be right back after this message for our not segment and feature presentation. All right, welcome back. And we'll get into The Knot with the fifth episode of His Dark Materials on HBO. Uh, This episode was entitled The Scholar. Um, I actually just finished the episode before coming on here, and this was really good. I I wasn't sure what to expect with that title, but I see now how um, important The Scholar is and what sort of uh, adventure awaits us. Um, with what happened this episode, what were your thoughts?
0: Yeah, kind of the same boat. It <clears throat> it everything's kind of coming together now, and this is a really good episode. It's a really good episode for uh, Ruth Wilson. I thought she did a really good job. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, to to get back to what you said about the scholar, it you know, and that's what I wonder early is was she gonna just kind of be like a one-off character or something, but. She's she's gonna be very important. So
1: Yeah, but, but Ruth was was acting in this oh, absolutely. this episode. The scene with um, the scholar when she learns how much she's been undervalued yeah. in her world, um, as a woman of science, um and, and academia, the just the sheer we're seeing so many sides of Ms. Coulter, like she's Yeah she's vulnerable the vulnerability like just her wants and desires like it was great seeing sort of like this human side of her um okay go ahead
0: oh uh, i was gonna say is just kind of piggybacking right on your say is just yeah we're finally seeing the human side but at the same time it's so hard to root for her
1: right right Right. and i like seeing more of the carlo character Mm -hmm. um and their relationship, it seems that he he probably felt that she was like this unrequited love because she was with Azrael. Right. Like they have this sort of this sort of um, romantic longing, but not really. Right. Um, and it gave more of his backstory of how, like, even well, when you think about it, you know a white woman a black man, they both sort of suffer from certain forms of oppression. Right, and it almost seemed like he came to that world because he was able to sort of do more than he could in the other one. Yeah, in the other one. So that was that was an interesting dynamic. But that scene in the room when they're (laughs) when they're finally trying to get to the the compass. I'm just gonna call it the compass because
0: I can't. Yeah, yeah, the The theliometer. Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, that was great. Um, the action just. I love how it's all come together. Um, the way we learn that um Mrs. Coulter can like be without her demon.
0: Yeah, that was crazy. Man.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's hinting somewhat of her being involved in witchcraft because there's there's gotta be something to where she's able to do that.
0: Yeah, or right. yeah, cause she made it seem it was just like a when she, she said something about the witches when they're in the house.
1: hmm Yeah. So I don't know, so. she's like alluding to like maybe her lineage or something like that. Yeah. Who um, knows? But yeah, and that whole scene, them it was just so tense and Lyra just like straight beasting up on her mother like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a great episode. I didn't know what to expect, but I'm definitely looking forward to what's next right
0: and i i like how they kind of gave you this um it's almost humorous just these people kind of like a fish out of water type situation these people in this new world i mean Mm -hmm. he this man had a a sound system he was listening to his tunes and whatnot and it's just like yeah yeah it's kind of interesting but at the same time he still had the mindset of the magisterium because Mm -hmm. even he was very like oh, the women here so arrogant and whatnot. So, and, yeah. and then the imagi- Oh, go ahead.
1: yeah, yeah. That's where I wanted to go next. The magisterium. Yeah. I almost <laughs> forgot about that part. Uh, Cardinal, whoever is out here, yeah. wrecking heads, trying to save face. Yeah. That that turn, he knows he's he's in a losing battle. So he now he has to just just swing his big bat to sort of right. knock out any. Uh, any other thoughts of dissension but yeah that scene was very tense
0: and did they say that they arrested all the women like there's one point they're sitting at the table and it's before they start speaking about the witches they say something about arresting all the women i'm not sure if i heard that correctly or not but
1: i'm not sure either but it's it's they've done something to where yeah, I I might have to rewatch that scene.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think I would too, cause I just I heard something along those lines, but it could have referred to something
1: else. So. Yeah, but it's definitely giving, um, like Salem witch trials, like they like women have a certain place, and when they get out of that spectrum, they're automatically you know demonized or vilified as being other. Yeah, so excited. Yeah, definitely. All right, now brings us to our feature presentation, where we are in the middle of an award season. (laughs) I think at this time, any other year, we would have already had the Golden Globes, right?
0: Uh, yeah, those usually happen in September. Yeah, they would
1: definitely happen. We would be, we would probably even have more Oscar buzz than we do right now. Um, Yeah. Yeah, or even, yeah, definitely. So uh, this is our award season segment where we are on the race to the Oscars. We'll just discuss the films, actors, and directors that are sort of in the discussion early on to sort of um, be nominated for Oscars and other awards as that season begins. So the Oscars are set Mm -hmm. for April, which is much later, of course, because of COVID. Yeah. And the nominations will be announced sometime in March, I believe. Probably because usually it, in, had it written down, but now I can't remember where I put it. Yeah, because usually in February. Yeah, because they're like usually right before the Grammys or something like that. So um, we've gotten information from all sorts of publications, but um, Variety sort of has a more distinct breakdown of the top. Um, titles and um, creators that are sort of vying for for certain categories. So do you want to start from the bottom up, like best screenplay and just sort of Uh, go from there? Or just focus on picture director and actor?
0: Uh, I guess picture director and actor.
1: Okay. So let's see, Um, for supporting actress right now, these are just the top names in the running. Um, we have Ellen Burstein for Pieces of a Woman, Olivia Colman for The Father, Jodie Foster for The Mauritanian, Amanda Seyfried for Mank, and Young Jung Yoon for Minari. Mm-hmm. So I've heard of all these um, films. Have you?
0: Yeah, and the Pieces of the Woman comes out. Either the end of this month or next month, but yeah, I've heard that's really good. So,
1: yeah, yeah, I've heard that was good. I've seen a trailer for the more Mauritanian. Um, yeah, Shirley Foster plays like a lawyer fighting for a, a Guatemalan Bay inmate.
0: Oh, okay. it'll be based and on a true story. You saw
1: Minari, yes, and you, Jung Yoon, I believe she already won. Um. The Best Appointed Actress Award at the Boston Society film something. Okay. So yes, um, she plays the grandmother in the film. Beautiful performance. So um, yeah, she's well deserving. You saw Mank, correct?
0: Yes, I did. And Amanda Seyfried is literally the only bright spot in the movie. So
1: righty yeah. So, so those those are the top five. Um, I'm sure there's more. When you click that link, it lists like all tiers of supporting actors in a okay. category, but it's literally too much to discuss. So okay. we'll move on to best supporting actor, and we have Sasha Baron Cohen for the Trial of the Chicago wow. Seven, Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah, Bill Murray for On the Rocks leslie Odom jr for one night in miami and stanley tucci for supernova okay so i've seen one night in, in miami and all four of those actors were wonderful um i believe they were trying to set two for uh lead and two for supporting so it looks like okay. leslie's sort of i'm um, in the front for supporting right now
0: yeah um i've seen the trailer for supernova and i think that's the one with colin firth yeah where stanley tucci plays the um he has some sort of i don't know if it's alzheimer's or some sort of dementia but he's ill
1: so yeah Mm -hmm. um i believe jews and the black messiah will drop sometime next year Mm -hmm. um it's part of that warner brothers thing so it will be available on hbo max too i believe Yeah. it's interesting that he's the supporting actor, but I guess the film's focusing on Lucky Stanfield's character. Yeah. Okay. And then I've heard great things about The mm-hmm. Trial of Chicago 7. I just haven't I seen just it. Just watched it. Yeah, that's just on Netflix. So. Yeah. And On the Rocks, uh,
0: yeah. it's not, not my a type Bill of movie. No, I was just about to say that. I'm not a big Bill Murray person
1: in the first place. And it's, it's a film by Sof- Sofia Cop- Coppola, um yeah. starring rashida jones and i get that rashida is biracial but we could have had someone black be her father like right yeah yeah it's just but okay whatever so now to best actress um we have viola davis from all rainy's black bottom Andre day for united states versus billy holiday Vanessa kirby for pieces of a woman uh, Frances mcdormand for Nom- land and Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. Um, yeah. I've so, heard Francis is sort of like the front runner.
0: Yeah, that's year. what I've heard too. And I just read something. First of all, the Promising Young Woman comes out on Christmas. Right. But I read something about that the other day where they're thinking about entering it as a comedy.
1: And like a dark I, comedy.
0: Yeah, because I guess technically it is, but I think they're going that route because they maybe they have a better shot. I can't. Mm-hmm. I I'd, I can link you the article, but okay. Um, yeah.
1: And Marani's like bottom drops Friday. I've heard everyone yeah. in there is pretty excellent. Um, yeah. So. So I have to pay attention there. Yeah. And then Best Actor, we've got Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins for The Father, Delroy Lindo for Defied Bloods, and Steven Yoon for Minari. Yeah. And I believe if Steven Yoon's nominated, he'll be like the first Asian-American male nominated for Best Actor, I think, oh. which is, I mean, not surprising, but surprising right yeah um but he's he's definitely good in minari the whole ensemble is good in there um and riz is good in sounds of metal a powerful performance but delroy this is his to lose to me okay but i could definitely i haven't seen it yet but i could see a lot of sway going chadwick's way just for this posthumous performance yeah
0: um yeah, I've not seen any of these yet. I've got Sound of Sound of Metal on my list to watch, and uh, like you said, Ma Rainey's comes out this weekend, so I guess I should watch these. And I'm not sure I know what The Father is about.
1: Yeah, I I think it's just about um, Anthony Hopkins is Olivia Coleman's father, and I think he's like dying of Alzheimer's, so it's like uh, sort of capturing their last days together. I think that's yeah. what it's about. i could be mistaken this brings us to us brings us to best director um we have lee isaac Chung for minari david fincher for mank regina king for one night in miami florian zeller for the father and chloe zhao for nomadland uh chloe's been the front runner so far that i've heard um and then fincher of course just because namesake um but a lot of people are saying that film is not as great as it is so
0: no, yeah, it's it's nowhere near the hype so i'm curious as to what uh i know what no man lands about i think she loses everything during like the recession and she just kind of goes out to the mm-hmm. west yeah so i'm uh i'm interested in that seems like it could be good and Frances mcdormand she 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 puts her all into her
1: acting so right right and some uh articles i read many thought she was just sort of be this um arch type of the kooky yeah middle-aged woman or whatever in these films but they said that she really flourishes out the role and and isn't isn't that character like she was in the Mississippi, yes, yes. whatever Missouri <laughs> movie that That's, was.
0: Well, I think it's Three Billboards in Billings, Missouri or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah.
1: They said the, the her role is mm-hmm. more rounded in this movie. Okay. That's and finally, uh, best motion Pictures. Mm-hmm. So we've got The Father, Ma Rennie's Black Bottom, Mank, Minari, uh, News of the World, which I believe is on Apple TV. That's Tom Hanks. Not Apple TV, never mind. That was another movie that happened to be, but News of the World with Tom Hanks, Nomad Land, One Night in Miami, I don't know why the proms there, <laughs> <laughs> Promising Young Woman, and the Trial of the Chicago Seven.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a pretty decent list.
1: It really is, um, given just the ones I've seen, which is just two of those um minari is a beautiful film um yeah it's it's just a beautiful family story great performances of course a24 so it looks gorgeous right um and it just pulls at the heartstrings it's it's a really beautiful film
0: yeah i'm with you i'm not sure how the prom's in there but it
1: i doubt it will make it when the time really comes Right. So given those are the front runners um, and the films you've seen this year, were, are there any uh, actors or films that you think could be dark horses just of what you've watched this year that could be in the mix? Um,
0: I guess it depends on – I'm always confused on the deadline. I'm looking at the list that you typed up with all the other things. Mm-hmm. and uh, if the Invisible Man is part of this year that that needs to be in consideration that movie was really good
1: yeah I, um, I it should be up for something at least would it be original screenplay or adaptive screenplay
0: I guess so. Oh, I don't know it could be I think it's a, I don't know if it was based on something was it based on a story
1: I mean it's sort of it wasn't based on the exact story of the Invisible Man, but that's sort of like yeah. the way they purported it. But I don't know if you consider that adapted because it wasn't the exact story. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not sure, but I would. I could see that in the original screenplay because, yeah, the way it was written. That yeah, it needs something.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I could see that, and then. Um... I'm thinking of ending things. That seems like something that Oscars would like, even though it was it was hard to get through. And then the never, rarely, sometimes, always. I think that movie and how uh, just kind of pertinent it is to the times that we live in. I think that should get some recognition.
1: Okay, right. And there's plenty more films. I'm sure you click those links. It lists right. lists right. like endless possibilities. Um, but just, that's just sort of like the front running talking right now. Um, and hopefully our goal will be to like see some more of these films before the Oscars Mm -hmm. or the nominations are announced. Um, so we can better discuss, have actually knowledge of the Oscar nominees. It's always like, it's always the, the fact that I've seen one and then never heard of the others or whatever, so...
0: Right. And I think it's interesting, you know, everybody's, you know, obviously theaters are going to come back, but this time that we're in, they're not. And I think having to go to the theaters to see these movies makes it difficult. But this may be a year where a lot of people have seen the Oscar contenders because they're going to be available. You know.
1: Right. And since um, they've seen them, that only means more people will watch because they know yes, what's absolutely. happening. So hopefully moving forward, um, just the access to the films becomes more widespread.
0: Yeah, because uh, if you don't live in a big city or you don't even live close to one, you can't get to the special theaters. Like we have the art cinema here for... Um, what is it, Landmark, is that the name of the company? I think so. Yeah, but yeah, that's what all the artsy films come through. So you see the Oscar contenders there, but that's not the case for everybody, so.
1: Right, because we're, we're literally, and I know at some AMCs they started like the Artesian yeah. release, so you get a, a art film here and there, but yeah, we have to go to Ohio or Indy or Chicago for. Right. For that so hopefully even if it's for a small fee you know these festivals and um, other places realize the the ability to for a greater reach and given you know the uproar about closing the theaters and stuff and how much their focus is on sharing their art i hope right. people in the industry realize you know this would be another way to sort of include everyone in in their appreciation of, of film. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So later on we'll come back with um an updated list on what we've seen, what we think. Um, but before we get out of here, what are you streaming for the weekend? Um I
0: <laughs> I made a little uh I don't see I my calendar my phone, I filled it up with trying to watch two movies a night for The rest of this month until the new year. And that way I will clear out my queues on Hulu, Netflix, and Amazon. So uh, I am watching movies. That's what I'll say, is because I just got a lot of movies to get through before the end of the year.
1: I can see that. Um, I, well, Friday, I'm definitely going to tune in for Mount Rainier's Black Bottom. Right. Um, And yeah, I need to. I've, I've made you know different type of strategies, schedules, falling off. But I really want to commit to sort of clearing out the queue and just making this more of of the way I consume some art. You know, it's there. We're paying right. for it, so we we've, we've got to right. got to use it. So um, yeah, just like clearing not only the shows but the movies out and just being able to to have the conversations about them and whatnot. So right, yep. yeah. All right. Before we get out of here, just remember you can follow us on all social at AS Life Podcasts. More content, follow streambolife.wordpress.com And remember to uh, keep on streaming.
0: All right. Peace.